Greetings, programs. It's old Ingrid Bernal, also formerly known as Hanker and Fernale from Runehammer. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 31 of the RPG Mainframe, and my focus today is read aloud text. This is uh, all about writing, reading, um, memorizing, even in some cases, or just being comfortable offering finely worded narration to your games. So what I've done is just done a read aloud for each of the eight areas that occurs in my Doom Vault map. Now, this is partly prep for my own game that I'm going to be running at Rincon in about a week or so, a little over a week. Crazy. Anyway, but also, since I was doing that prep and getting my mind ready to feel this wording and feel the, the gravity of this adventure, I wanted to document it for you guys. Partially document the sort of the voice fun of it, but also just the wording and the writing. Now, if you guys are familiar with the Doom Vault adventure, you'll be able to follow along with these eight areas. Um, now, there's going to be a lot more to your adventure, obviously. A lot of improvised narration, um, a lot of you know player talk and cross-talk and question and answer and all this kind of stuff. But just for this podcast in particular, I just wanted to put my focus into read-aloud text. I don't talk a lot about read-aloud text. Um, and I don't really put it in a lot of my written work, but I do think it's a critical part of uh, well-executed adventures because it gives you that chance to word things tightly, to hide little clues, to hide spatial descriptions, and to actually build a little bit of foreshadowing or maybe even reveal parts of solutions or threats to players in the form of a room introduction. And so these are the uh, eight introductions for the areas in Doom Vault. And uh, sort of under a nice atmospheric bed of sound. So I hope you guys enjoy. Also, with this podcast, I'll be posting the sound bed with the sort of music and sound effects from this podcast without any of my jabbering on top. So you'll just have a, a big, creepy, weird piece of sound that you could use potentially at your table. Um, using crazy soundscapes and stuff at the table is a really easy way to up the immersion with your game. So definitely give it a try. Uh, there's great apps out there like Sirenscape that do it really well. But I also like to just do set and forget style where I just have a set of MP3s. I just hit play and I never have to look at it again. So anyways, thanks as always everyone for tuning into Runehammer. We are coming awfully close to 500 patrons and that means a lot of fun things in store. So thank you everybody for your continued support. And I hope you enjoy this very special and very odd and dramatic episode of the RPG mainframe here on Runehammer. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Introduction in Norberg. Dark times have come to the city of three kings. The plot has been exposed to assassinate all three of the hero rulers. Distant wars have thinned the royal guard, and so the threat is all too imminent. The assassins must be stopped, and your group of adventurers is employed to see it done. 
All the royal advisor can tell you is that an Ogdru cult has taken up a lair in the crags below the city. Some terrible ritual is underway there. A ritual to end the hero kings once and for all. Go. Find their hidden lair. Stop the ritual. And bring their leaders to royal justice. Area 2. Hag's Roost. Above the crashing waves of Black Tide Bay, the small outcrop defies the sheer walls of Norburg. Here there is a small crack in the rock face, and beyond that, a long, dim corridor from Elder Days. A collection of sticks, ragged clothes, and animal bones are piled at one end of the tiny rain-slick platform. The rocks are mist-wet and ancient with footsteps, the drop dizzying and deadly. Mind your feet. Area 3, The Long Pattern. This hallway, hewn in solid rock and smooth on all sides, has a 20-foot ceiling and recedes more than a hundred feet ahead of you. No torches or sconces are here, but the dim outdoor light reveals a strange, ancient pattern etched in the black marble floor. The pattern is a tangle of circles and curling accents, damaged or stained over time with blood in places. The motif depicts a mire of tentacles twisting up from a circular cavern or well, all of it abstractly portrayed. And at the far end of this strange hallway, movement stirs.
Area 4, Mirror Lake. The spiral stairs finally terminate in a gigantic cavern. The space is illuminated by smoldering iron braziers here and there, and its center is a great dark lake broken by stalagmites and rippling quietly. Around the lake's edges a footpath can be seen, though it looks slick and unstable, limestone coated in greasy water and flowstone in places, lumpy with age. At the far side of the dim-ceilinged amphitheater, the walls transition to smooth cuts and interlocking masonry, eventually leading to a high, narrow hallway exit. The murmuring of blasphemous monks echoes from all directions, and a feeling of dread, or is it a smell of dread, hangs like smoke in the subterranean dim. Area 5, Osric's Gate. This strange-shaped space ends with a hexagonal doorway flanked by a series of avatar statues. The statues feature Northmen kings and serpents entwined in some immortal battle at the end of forever. The hexagonal opening is blocked by a rippling, reflective energy field of some kind. Intricate carvings surround the barrier on all sides with the statues, and to your left, facing the magical opening, is a common door, standing open, revealing stairs downward. As you consider the area, the angry voices of Ogdru monks come rushing from the lake cavern behind you. They are coming. Area 6, Sleeping with the Dead. The stairs end at a low-ceilinged barrow. The walls and floor are adorned with dark red rugs, while incense drifts lazily in the lantern light. This odd room contains a large stone sarcophagus at center, flanked by hay beds on all sides. Most of the beds lay empty, but two monks are asleep here also. Some eerie hum can be heard in the air, and a closer look reveals the sleepers to be twitching, wincing, or almost whimpering in their sleep with some unseen agony. A small wooden chest is also found here, stowed with wool blankets, food stores, and a set of folded robes.
Area 7, Guardians. This chamber, with masonry walls but a jagged, shadow-thick ceiling far above, holds two enormous statues. They are stylized busts, each with terribly large eyes, towering cheekbones, and blocky, inhuman features. Each has a green gem at the forehead, and even a layman can see that those jewels gleam with some supernatural power. Behind these giants, a huge stone door rests, but with no handle or hinges to be seen. As you consider the giant stonework, you notice an even scatter of human remains throughout the room. There are skeletons frozen in death's final reach, dismembered remnants of men, scorched armor scraps, and even a few freshly deposited corpses who are slumped in one corner. The smell is unbearable, and even the slightest move forward causes the two forehead gems to glow brighter, shedding a poison light on the grim and sundered dead. Area 8. The Pit. At last you find a way through the huge sliding door into the sanctum of the Ogdru monks. The chanting and incense are thick and hypnotic. The room is lit by three clusters of glowing crystal. Weird triangular walls terminate in glyphed floor cobbles. At the far end of the room, a great drain channels water into a barred opening. The distant, muted crashing of waves can be heard in that tube. At center, a large cistern or stone-rimmed well sits. Water can be heard splashing and crashing far below. A group of monks is in ghostly rapture all around the well opening, chanting with frantic urgency. From far below, a growl is heard, a bubbling. A slime-coated growl, and one curling rubbery whip slurps over the stone rim. The tentacle is sucker-lined and barbed with black teeth like needles. It leaves a slime-slick trail as it writhes. The ritual is almost complete. <laughs> 